Audio oh, action. We keep it that in. Sophia's friend Bronwyn. And I'm Bronwyn's friend Sophia. And this is Quotes and Anecdotes. Gee, what a start we had there. I don't really know what happened because Sophia was a little bit, we were laughing a little before and then as soon as it's like, let's start our podcast, Sophia was gone. Um, I don't know what happened. It was... Do you want to explain yourself while I go close the door? Sure. Um, Bronwyn was making me laugh while we were having a snack and that was unhelpful. Because then I was just in a giggly mood. And I really don't know what happened when we started the episode. We tried to do the intro, and I just could not. And then I was crying, and then Bronwyn was with continued laughter. to make fun of me. With laughter. Was she wasn't, like, laughter. sobbing and sad, and I was <laughs> making fun of her. She was dying of laughter, and yeah, I... I don't... I really don't know what happened. <laughs> that was a lot of laughing in two minutes. Yeah. And, but I'm good now, and I'm re- so ready to talk about this topic, which we have been... Hi, dog. <laughs> which we've been, um... Buddy! Okay, so, this is, like, the rockiest start we've ever had. So yeah. Come on now, let's leave. Um, what is okay. our topic today, Sophia? Um, well, it's a topic that we've wanted to do for a long time. Of course. And we finally got around to it today. It is books. The one and only. Like, okay, here's the thing, right? We both love books so much and so we decided let's do books but again kind of like music we we wanted to have some time to prepare it and like really get to appreciate the trouble of finding our favorite books so we did that and we're here and and we're so excited and i won't lie i did this less than 24 hours ago However, when did you do this? Like because 11 I'm, p.m. last night. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing it at 10:30, and I was like, "Wow, Bronwyn hasn't uh, hasn't done this yet." Yeah, but I did yeah. get it done. I'm very you did happy. It. I thought you might do it in free. No, 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 no. I have, I've, I'm a very productive person. I um, time manage well and don't procrastinate ever. Mm-hmm. Well, shall we get into it? We have, again, so kind of, again, like the music format. In fact, this will be quite similar to the music format. Yeah, uh, and it might be, be a bit longer as well. Yeah, and so it's a slightly different format 
uh, where we're going to be talking about our favorite books, our favorite words, and our favorite quotes from those books, and you'll get the idea. But, yeah. 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 I'm excited. So, Bronwyn, would you like to start us off with telling us about your first book? So, the first book I chose was one that, honestly, I would be surprised if someone didn't know it, uh, because the book I chose was The Hobbit, or There and Back Again, by J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, classic. A classic. It is like, it is a classic. Um, an incredibly good book. So extremely well written. It's extremely funny. The descriptions are incredibly uh, poetic and beautiful. It's and ex- it's so lavish. Well I've never extravagant. Read a book like lush. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to it. Um, it's a good book. So yeah. So I, so like I said. We're going to have a slightly different format, so now I'm going to talk about my favorite word from that book, and at the very end, I'll talk about why this book means a lot to me. So The Hobbit is a book about a hobbit who goes, who's like a little um, human-like figure, um, and who goes on an adventure contrary to what he thought he initially wanted to do, but he decided he wanted to go on an adventure. And... Throughout his adventure, he learns to love not only the people that he's surrounded with, but also journeying and traveling and discovering the world. And yeah, and something that he mentions and something that comes up a lot through this book is time. Because there's a lot of um, how important it is to spend our time well and not just stay at home, but explore the world, but also not be limited by time. There are a couple of famous quotes from the Hobbit books and the Hobbit movies and the Lord of the Rings movies where it's like, a wizard is never late nor is he ever early. He arrives <laughs> precisely when he means to, right? Like things like that where it's um, time doesn't need to define what we do. Um, so that's why I chose this word and I thought it was quite interesting. The definition that I found, I tried to find the least um, black and white description because there's a lot of very scientific, like, not very exciting definitions. But the one that I got for the noun time is the indefinite continued progress of existence and events in the past, present, and future regarded as a whole, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, I love that. And the indefinite continued <clears throat> progress. And also regarded as a whole, because often people would say, oh, I live in the past, or I live in the present, I live in the future. But it's just time. You just you have to think about all of those, but it's just, you don't need to be kind of bound by any one of them. Right. That's um, just everything. Yeah. And then the other definition that I found was the dimension of the physical universe that orders the sequence of events at a given place. Um, so kind of, yeah, it's like what we do with the time given to us and, um, what, what actions we decide to take with the time given to us. I like the fact in that definition that, like, time kind of keeps the universe in check. Yeah. It's like, otherwise it would be chaos. Definitely. Yeah, so it's just, just kind of adventures and just exploring the world and using your time wisely. So the etymology of time is not super... Exciting. It just comes from Old English tima. It is of Germanic origin and related to tide, which I thought was cool. That's very um, cool. Because, yeah, the, I guess the two things that they used to judge time were the sun and the tides. Those That's are the two very tide cool. measurements, right? So, yeah, I thought that was kind of neat. Um, and 
The earliest of the current verb senses dating from late Middle English is to do something at a particular moment. So that's kind of what it, it originally meant. And it went from, so it went from Tima to modern English in time. So that's my word. I love that. <clears throat> I still can't talk, but um, <laughs> my voice is still hoarse. But I, I really love the word time and how it relates to the whole, I, it is a very good word. I love the definitions you found. They're very complicated this time. A lot of times our, yeah. our words are a little bit more simple. Um, but it's very good. I love it. And I love that you didn't go with the more scientific definitions for it. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Okay, so, okay. Sophia and I both came up with this issue, which I don't know how we didn't expect because it is books (laughs) with words, many of them. Um, So it was very difficult to narrow it down to just one quote. However, uh, I got a couple of them and a lot of them relate to time and adventures. And it's just, I chose a lot that kind of uh, showed the wit that Tolkien uses because it just, it makes it so fun to read. So the first one was the main character, uh, Bilbo Baggins, the Hobbit, who, when asked if he wanted to go on an adventure, said, sorry, I don't want any adventures, thank you, not today, good morning, but please come to tea anytime you like, why not tomorrow, goodbye. (laughs) Just very, very to the point, Um, which I just... I love Bilbo, he's such an interesting character, because usually in a lot of the books that we read, characters, like, they go out to find an adventure, and like, they want to be him. a part of, exactly and the part that i find even more interesting is like he even throughout probably about the first half of the adventure was like no i don't like this yeah. i'm not enjoying this and then at the end he learned to appreciate it but this quote definitely shows like beginning book bilbo of, his, of course yeah and i i like it it's very the sweet. next one is also quite similar <clears throat> and it was uh the person who came with the offer of an adventure said, I'm looking for someone to share an adventure that I am arranging, and it's very difficult to find anyone. To which Bilbo replied, I should think so. In these parts, we are plain quiet folk and have no use for adventures. Nasty, disturbing, uncomfortable things make you late for dinner. So it's a very <laughs> similar um, idea, very similar thing. But then it kind of, this is kind of where it changed, right? It changed from kind of a fear of adventure and just wanting to stay at home to a much more um, appreciation for exploring the world and excitement for the road that, laid a- road that lays ahead. Um, so the first one is just the quote, the road goes ever on and on. So life goes on, time continues. Um, this actually in the Hobbit movies was turned into a song. Oh really? You know, the last goodbye? Yeah. This is like, they adapted this poem. This was part of that poem. That's so cool. So you guys, anyone knows that song. But it's basically the idea, you know what? The road continues. Just Time it goes, goes on. on. Yeah. Whether you're on an adventure, whether you're at home, whether your adventure is going badly or well, the road goes on. It continues. Um, and there are ups and downs. And then, okay, let's see. The next one is, again, about time, which is, where did you go to, if I may ask, said Thorin to Gandalf as they rode along. To look ahead, said he. And what brought you back in the nick of time? Looking behind, said he. I love that. Which was, again, kind of really... I remember that reading that and like, being like, ooh, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Look, the idea of like the past, present, and future are kind of regarded as a whole, where it's like, yeah, I was looking, I was looking ahead. I was, I was thinking of the future. And then 
what brought me back to the present? Remembering like before and looking back. Um, and I just thought that was really neat. Uh, and I just, again, it's hard to unpack these quotes because it feels like there's so much more, you know? Yeah. Um, it feels like there's... Like, In each one, too. Yeah, it's awesome. it feels like there's something else that I'm missing, um, which is really fun when you're reading it because you're just like, oh, there's just so much. And I don't love overanalyzing books. Yeah. But it this is one that you feel like that... story-wise, you're like, there's so much cool stuff that you could kind of unpack from this quote. Yeah, I mean, and just the same as you said with overanalyzing it, that, like in English class, for example, that tends to ruin the book for me is if, yeah. I, if I go into it too much. But like with, with these kinds of books and with especially with the quotes that you've chosen, it's like you go by it and you're like, ooh, wow, I love that. And then you keep yeah. going and you find another like thing that you nugget. I was about to say nugget, but that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but um, another collection of words that you love and you're like, oh, that one's great too. Yeah. It's... It's one. It's I mean, the Hobbit is a really good example of that. I yeah. Think. And the final one that I wanted to mention was just a little witty one that is just it's just funny, um, and it's a good note to end on. But <laughs> it's it does not do to leave a live dragon out of your calculations if you live near him, <laughs> which is I mean it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Thank That's, you, J.R.R. Tol- Tolkien, for that those words of wisdom. Indeed. I don't know what we'd do without them. Yeah. So remember that, guys. Next time you're. Live in your lab jacket. Yeah. Do not leave them out of your calculations. Yep. So that's where I'm going to leave my first book. Sophia, what is your first book? Uh, So my first book is also an old one, kind of a classic. And um, it is not very advanced or anything. But it, I read it, in, I think, in third grade, and I remember just being completely entranced by it. And it's kind of a classic, and so I go back almost every year, and I reread it, and it just always makes me happy. And it's The Secret Garden by Francis Hodgson. Hodgson? Hodgson? Probably softly. Hodgson? Hodgson? Yeah, sure. It's a weird G in a weird place. Uh, Burnett? Francis H. Burnett. Um... <laughs> And it's a really, really good book. It's about um, a girl who used to live in India, and she moves to England to live with her uncle. And, I mean, I guess I won't spoil anything. You've probably read it. But she learns, in, while she's in England, she's, at first, they call her Mistress Mary, quite contrary, because she is just very grumpy. She uh, doesn't... She's a bad kid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's not, she's not, she wasn't a good kid. Um, but as she spends more time in England and she meets people and she spends time outdoors, she learns to appreciate the beauty of life through the beauty, like what she's discovering about the outside world and nature. And that's really what I found amazing about this book. And so my word from this book, which, um, sort of relates to that is world. Uh, and the definition for it is the earth together with all of its countries, peoples, and natural features. Uh, And I chose this word because The Secret Garden is all about uh, discovering how wonderful the world can be, if you open your eyes to it. And um, the main character, Mary, her way of discovering this is through her garden, and through her secret garden, and through nature, and opening her eyes to the outside world and what it can do. And um, one of the main topics in the book is spring is coming. 
and you'll get to see everything grow and new lives beginning, both with the animals and the plants. And she meets a boy who teach her, teaches her all about the natural world, especially in the spring and the things that are growing there. And so her way of discovering the beauty of the world is through her little garden. And I just thought it sort of interesting because like her garden is her world and when she goes into her garden, yeah. it's her own world. Yeah. And her way of discovering how beautiful the outside world can also be is through her little world yeah. that she finds in her garden. Definitely. It's really cool because she, it's, you can see throughout the book how she grows as she's exposed to more and more things yeah. um, in the world. And, it, and it, it really brings out a lot in her and it really, like, she just grows so much. And it's like, it's I don't amazing know how to, to this, what word to describe that, but it's like, I don't know, it's like gratifying to see that because it, it is. makes you so happy to see. It's amazing to see her grow throughout the book, like from a definitely unlikable mm-hmm. little girl and character at first to someone who is so appreciative of everything that life has given her and so wonderful. Yeah. And it's just, it's a very cool book. So just quickly, the origin of the word is, um, it, came, it also came from Old English and... Dutch and German. I'm not really sure it describes as, <laughs> as if they all combined, but... Um, it's a weird paradigm. It is. They're called paradigms? I wanted to say that word, and I think it's the right <laughs> one, but it might not be. It's a very cool word. Yeah. Um, but it came from Old English, which is... I always have the most trouble pronouncing Old English words, but I think it's weerold, and then Dutch weerold, German welt, and then finally to English world. And I've always loved this word... I don't really know why. Like, it's not, I don't know, as scientific as Earth or globe, but it's just world, the world, everything in the world. The people, the nature, countries, culture, everything. And It encapsulates so much. Yeah, it really does. And I thought it related really well to the secret garden, so... We've chosen very, like, conceptual words. Like, they're just kind of, like, very... Yeah, you're right. Just concepts. (laughs) Um, that's very good, Sophie. I really agree. Thank you. Yeah, okay, so now for my quotes from The Secret Garden. There are so many good quotes from The Secret Garden. I was looking at these last night and remembering all the good times (laughs) reading The Secret Garden. There are so many. And so the first one is really, really long, so bear with me, but I just think it's really special. So it starts, one of the strange things about living in the world is that only now and then one is quite sure one is going to live forever and ever. One knows that sometimes when one gets up at the tender solemn dawn time and goes out and stands out and throws one's head far back and looks up and up and watches the pale sky slowly changing and flushing and marvelous unknown things happening in the east almost makes one cry out and one's heart stands still at the strange unchanging majesty of the rising of the sun which has been happening every morning for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. One knows it then for a moment or so, and one knows it sometimes when one stands by oneself in a wood at sunset, and the mysterious deep gold stillness slanting through and under the branches seems to be saying slowly again and again something one cannot quite hear however much one tries. Then sometimes the immense quiet of the dark blue night, of the dark blue at night with the millions of stars waiting and watching makes one sure. And sometimes the sound of far-off music makes it true. And sometimes a look in someone's eyes. I'm sorry, I know that was a really long one. You have such a good reading voice. I do. Really good reading 
voice. Yeah, it's very but soothing. I stumbled all the time. No, it's so soothing. No, I didn't realize that I was going to run out of breath in the middle of that really long that sentence in the middle there. But I really enjoyed that. You should yeah. read more monologues. I will take that into account. Um, ooh, random story. I almost told you this before we started recording, but this relates to reading. This has nothing to do with the book, though. I am part of a club at our high school called Read to Me. We go in and read to the uh, young kids at a younger elementary school in our town. And the other day I emailed um, someone from the senior center in our town and asked if we could come and read to the seniors there. And she was so excited about it and she said, yeah, absolutely. And so on Wednesday I'm going to meet with her and tell, ask so her good. about like, can we do this? Can we come read? Wednesday afternoons. I am so excited. That's going to that be That sort amazing. of has to do with reading. But yeah. And I'm trying, now I'm trying to think about like what books are we going to read them? Maybe this could maybe be like good. Harry Potter. Maybe The Secret Garden. The Secret Garden actually would be a really, really good one. Yeah. Oh, this is good. I'm so excited now. Okay. I'm sorry. Back to this super long quote. I just loved, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> weird transition. But I know the middle part was just super long and it was a lot of description but one of the strange things about living in the world is that only now and then one is quite sure one is going to live forever and ever and it's just sometimes that feeling when you wake up and you go outside and you look at the sun and the world and you feel like oh my gosh we are alive that's what it feels like for me in the spring yes beginning of spring that's how i feel we're alive we're here we have there are so many good things in life this is going to keep going on when we're gone like the world and how amazing the world is and nature and the outside world it's going to keep going it's going to live forever and it's such a wonderful feeling yeah i haven't felt it very often but i felt that this quote encapsulated it perfectly of just some of the different things that can make you feel and especially the last line and a look and sometimes a look in someone's eyes sometimes it doesn't have to be nature or the sun or anything that um you know triggers that incredible feeling. What was the word? Ecstasy. That was it. There was one uh, phrase in our music episode that was rolling in the ecstasy of inspiration. This kind of reminded me of that, of like, Definitely. the world is amazing, that sort of ecstasy. But, you know, sometimes for people that can be someone else and like, wow, this person exists and I'm lucky enough to know this person. And yeah. This is amazing. And so I thought this quote was a like, just wonderful quote. I think it can relate to everyone. And I loved it. And I'm sorry again for how long no. it was. You have a very soothing voice, Sophia. Thank you. Um, and then my second quote from The Secret Garden was, At first people refuse to believe that a strange new thing can be done. Then they begin to hope it can be done. Then they see it can be done. Then it is done. And all the world wonders why it was not done centuries ago. And I also thought that was just really nice. Definitely. Um, because, you know, it's easy to be doubtful of any new idea of any and you can it's easy to lose self-confidence but once you've done that thing that maybe made you nervous or that maybe you weren't sure about um you feel like why was I so worried about that yeah that was I've easy. kind of learned amazing. to when I'm kind of nervous but like nervous excited for something mm -hmm. like something new I've started kind of enjoying that feeling because I'm like I know it's going to be a good thing like, I'm, I don't enjoy feeling, like, nervous for something. But at the same time, like, you know, I'm going to enjoy it. Like, this is going to be... Like, I've kind of started recognizing that as, like, like turning it into excitement more. And kind yeah. Of knowing that I'm going to have That's that really good. Thing. I could... I've tried to do that. It doesn't often work. It depends. But I... 
really related to this quote because I mean, in on a grand scale, this relates to like you know new policies or science or countries or anything like that. But it also I just love because it can be used in any situation, big or small, even within just one person's own life yeah. or within a big group of people or within countries, relationships between countries. And I I mean, the whole book, The Secret Garden, is like that. It's very universal. Like, no matter who you are, I feel like you can relate to it. Um, and the uh, the first quote that I read was kind of like that, too. So I really, I really liked that one. It's great. And then the last one from The Secret Garden um, was, if you look at it the right way, you can see that the whole world is a garden. And Inception. I... <laughs> No, <laughs> but I loved that because the whole um, premise of the secret garden was Mary finding this little abandoned garden and uh, caring for it and watching it grow and um, eventually seeing that what all of her work in the garden had done. And because of her, what she, the joy that she found in the garden, she was able to appreciate the entire world even more. Yeah. And so I just kind of liked it because it, uh, you know, outlines that even if something can start out small, your view of something can start out small, and then it expands to be something even bigger, and that's usually a good thing. And so that was the last little snippet that's from amazing. That. I love this book. I read it a couple of times. I don't. I haven't read it as many times as you have, evidently, yeah. but I have read it, and it is such a, like, it just is a feel-good book. Like, it's it not, is. It's not like it really high is. action or high stakes or anything. It's very it's relaxing. Like super sweet and really, really good. It's a great book. What's your second book? So my second book is Every Day by David Levithan. And this is a book I discovered last year when I heard about... I've started seeing trailers for the movie called Every Day, which is based off of this book. Um, and it's actually quite similar to this book, really quite well done. Um, and I was like, ooh, I, I want to watch the movie, but I want to read the book first. So I read it, and I really enjoyed it. Um, and it's kind of a weird premise because it's basically like this person or like spirit that inhabits a different body every day and lives 24 hours in that person's life. And it's a weird premise that they don't explain very well. However, they manage to um, kind of avoid, like just push that part out of the way in the introduction. And once you kind of just in your head, you accept it and just read the book, you kind of realize how amazing it is because basically you are able to see someone who literally lives the life of, gets to like walk in a different person's shoes every day. And the book is incredibly diverse. This person um, spends a day in every, in the body of every diff single different type of person, whether like different cultures, different races, different religions, different genders, just all different things. And it's really incredible to see because you get to see how perspective is so important and also how we're all so similar and it's really it has a really good message um but the word that i chose from this book is reality um because your perception of reality everyone's perception of reality is different and everyone sees the world the world differently and sometimes and it's interesting because you can see how people make their own realities in their heads and just, I don't know, I thought that was quite an interesting uh, perspective that they brought up. So, reality is a noun that means the quality or state of being real, um, or the totality of real things and events. 
And I thought it was interesting, one, because, again, everyone has a different sense of reality. But also, sometimes people create rules to define reality, but those rules don't always make sense. Because humans kind of look for patterns in randomness, and they kind of make rules. And so I thought it was kind of interesting to define what reality is and, and what people can and can't do and can and can't be. And this book kind of challenges that. Um, yeah, I love what you just said, like humans um, try to create rules from or see patterns in randomness. That's really cool because it's true. Like yeah. The universe is completely random and humans, and yet humans have found um, patterns and that's probably why. I mean, I, it's, yeah, it's I'm going to go on a slight tangent, but this is like why human, like we love, a lot of people love modern art. Because mm-hmm. even if it's just splash of color on a canvas, people look at it and it's an exercise for their brain to figure out yeah. what the picture is. So it's that kind of, yeah, I thought that was quite neat. But anyways, the etymology of reality comes from late Latin, uh, realis, realis, relating to things, then medieval Latin, uh, realitas, and then French, where there's no word on the paradigm, so I have no clue if there even was a French reality. I'm looking at paradigm and seeing if you're right. And then English, yeah, I really hope I am. And then it goes to English real and then reality in the late 15th century. Am I right? I think so. A typical pattern of something. I mean, they look like these. Yeah, that's a paradigm. Yeah, yeah. that is a paradigm. Okay. But yeah, so that's reality. Now, the quotes, I don't have quite as many quotes, but there's this one paragraph in the beginning that I love. It's incredibly good. Um, I I shortened it, um, but here I'll you know I'm gonna find the whole thing because it's really good. So here's the quote. Here's the uh, the passage. Um, this is from the perspective of the person who spends 24 hours in a different body. So the quote is: I have been to many religious services over the years. Each one I go to only reinforces my general impression that religions have much much more in common than they like to admit. The beliefs are almost always the same. It's just that the histories are different. Everybody wants to believe in a higher power. Everybody wants to belong to something bigger than themselves. And everybody wants company in doing that. They want there to be a force of good on earth. And they want an incentive to be part of that force. They want to be able to prove their belief in their belonging through rituals and devotion. They want to touch the enormity. It's only in the finer points that it gets complicated and contentious. The inability to realize that no matter what our religion or gender or race or geographic background, we all have about 98% in common with each other. Yes, the differences between male and female are biological, but if you look at that biology as a matter of percentage, there aren't a whole lot of things that are different. Race is different purely as a social construction, not as an inherent difference. And religion, whether you believe in God or Yahweh or Allah or something else, odds are that at heart you want the same things. For whatever reason, we like to focus on the 2% that's different. And most of the conflict from in the world comes from that. Which wow. is incredible. That I is an that. amazing passage. Yeah. Oh and my this goodness. This was like a life-changing passage for me because it was just like, it just, it really, it is so incredibly true because there is so much conflict in the world and it's about the details. When we're You're literally s- all silly. the same, yeah, right, and it's that's why I love this book because not they start off with this passage, but then they they prove it by having this person live 
life in a different person's body every day and you really get to see that and it's really interesting because I don't know it's just incredible because people find it so hard to agree on on so many things, so many things but we are we, we, we focus on the 2% that's different that's amazing that is oh my goodness amazing passage I'm going home reading this book it's so good. So good. Um, but yeah, I just I don't I don't know what else to say because it's just kind of unpacked. Yeah, itself. that passage I think sums it up. But it's just it's it's a lot, and I I love that. And then the next one is a little bit dark, but it's kind of the ending part of the quote that I like. And it's if you stare at the center of the universe, there's coldness there, a blankness. Ultimately, the universe doesn't care about us. Time doesn't care about us. That's why we have to care about each other. Which I thought was really cool because it's, I love that again driving home the idea of we're ninety eight percent the same and we need to just put the two percent away and just care about each other because that's all we have right. I that also is amazing because you know it enforces the um, important idea that we we have to look out for each other as human beings we have to care about each other and. Um, I mean, the beginning part of it was quite dark, but I mean, we are one in a whole lot of people. We, yeah. we have to look out for each other and support each other. Definitely. I think that's very important. Okay, so that's where I'm going to leave the book Every Day by David Levithan. Go check it out if you haven't read it. Um, and Sophia, what is your next book? So my second book is um, also one that is, I think, pretty well known. Uh, it's Wonder by R.J. Palacio. Such a good book. It's such a good book. I read it, uh, I think I was in fifth grade when I read it. Yeah. And I, even as I was pretty young in fifth grade, but even as a young girl still, I was pretty struck by it. Of like, wow. And it was clear. it's clearly intended for younger... I mean, is it though? <laughs> no, it's not. Um, I mean, it's an, it's an easier it's read. Written for, yeah. It's written for... It's written in a way so that younger... Uh, kids can read it but um and the lessons the lessons that the author tries to teach its readers mm, are it's so just incredible so it made me cry so much <laughs> especially at the end and they also I made mean, a movie which is oh, oh i haven't oh, seen the movie man, i just like to watch it at like 11 p.m see i'm night, so I'm, i was tired and it was an emotional i was an emotional <laughs> wreck at the end of it i was so, so afraid that the movie is going to ruin the book no. for me i was so afraid that no, they were so going to mess it up because yeah. i often do that yeah but uh, okay I'll, I'll watch the movie then if it's if it's a good one so um it's about I don't know how to explain what it's about. It's about a fifth grader who has some facial uh, deformities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And he's been homeschooled up until fifth grade. And he, so that, but then in fifth grade, I think it's fifth grade, right? I think so. He ends up going to a public school and he meets a lot of people and he starts making friends. And it's just, it's so touching. And you get the story from the perspective of multiple different people, which is part of, I'll talk about mm-hmm. this a little later, but it's part of why I love the book so much. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just an amazing book. So my word from the book, from the book, is precept. And is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Yeah. Makes so. Um, and it is, the definition of it is a general rule intended to regulate behavior or thought. So to explain this, there's an English teacher in the book. His name is Mr. Brown. And um, he 
in every English class, he has, or every month, I think, he has different precepts. And they're basically just um, little quotes that, uh, or things to live by, little phrases to live by. So an example of that is when given the choice between being right and being kind, choose kind. That's that's the most famous one, I think, the most famous precept. And at the end of the book, which this is one of my favorite parts of the book. He he asks all of the kids in his class to make precepts. And they're so good. They're so true to each of the characters. I love them. It's amazing. And they're precepts written by these fifth graders. And uh, like the author made it very realistic that the fifth graders wrote them. But they're still all so good. It's amazing. Anyways, uh, the origin of precept it came from latin oh i missed the quote sorry the explanation basically from the book or from the teacher in the book of what a precept is is basically a precept is anything that helps guide us when making decisions about really important things so i thought that was really sweet Mm -hmm. and then the origin of precept it came from latin pri which means before and then capere which means take and then pricipere which means warn or instruct and then priceptum, and then it came to precept in late Middle English. And so I just thought it was a really fitting word, um, and something that we should all consider a little bit more often. It's like living by precepts. Maybe do like, um, oh, there's also a book, have you read 365 Days of Wonder? I haven't really read it, but But it's very good. It's full of all these, like, all the precepts, precepts, yep, but also more than that, there's sometimes little stories, and just it's very good wonder is so good okay so then for wonder i also have slightly less quotes from wonder um oh i can't find them did you Uh, there we go okay (laughs) so um the first quote and the i'll just read it is kinder than is necessary because it's not enough to be kind one should be kinder than needed Mm. and so that was a very uh, I think it's a good one to start out with. A lot of the book Wonder deals with the concept of kindness. I almost chose that as my word, but I thought it was a little bit generic. Um, so because the author, I think, wanted to spread this message of kindness and being kind, um, because it's very, very important. And this was, I believe this was the English teacher talking to the kids and yeah. saying, you like, listen, you need to be kind to people and when you are, you make the world a better place yeah, as definitely. when you're kind to people. And I just thought that was a very, very important message to send, um, especially to fifth graders, which is uh, the fifth graders were being told this. And um, it was just, I thought it was a good starting out point, a good jumping off point. And then the second quote I chose is uh, also about kindness. And it is, we carry with us as human beings, not just the capacity to be kind, but the very choice of kindness. I thought that was interesting because hmm. you, like humans... Kindness is a choice. It's definitely a choice. Um, but I also thought that, like, we carry with us the capacity to be kind. Everyone has the ability to be kind, to be a kind person, but it's a matter of whether or not they choose to be kind. And yeah. um, I thought that was very special. And very important to consider, like just in your everyday life, choose to be kind. Yeah, that's Choose to be a good person. Um, Yeah, and then the last quote from Wonder that I chose was, The things we do outlast our mortality. The things we do are like monuments that people build after they've died. 
They're like the pyramids that the Egyptians built to honor the pharaohs. Only instead of being made of stone, they're made of the memories people have of you. So good! I know! <laughs> it's, I, it's an amazing book. A really incredible book. And um, I just love that because you may go through life thinking that... Well, I, no, I, don't, I hope that no one goes through life thinking that no one pays attention to you. That was a bad way to start explaining this quote. But... I mean, like, there, there are certain, yeah, exactly. There are certain days when you can feel insignificant. and But it's important to remember that everyone that you meet has memories of you. And they, and if you combine all of those, you can create like this incredible person that you are. Especially and if it's you, hard, it's easy to forget that. If you are kind, then. Exactly. And it, so it all connects. Um, and if you're kind to people, then th- their memories are good. And they'll, and especially if you're kind to people, they will, those memories will be stronger and it will help, you know, build up relationships. And so I just liked how all of those three quotes related to each other. Yeah. And I thought they were important lessons to remember. I agree. Wonder has so many of those, like just mini lessons. And then I mean, like you were saying, it was, it was written, uh, for, so that like younger kids can read it. Yeah. But especially once you get older, you kind of, you're, I don't know, you're able to see, like, for one, the importance of this book for younger kids, or, like, yeah. you re- you really get to, I don't know, you get to unpack a lot of those quotes that I think... Yeah, definitely, you know, and, I mean, them. a lot of them might fly over a fifth grader's head, but as you read it as an older person, it's important to really slow down and think about each of them and try to implement them in, in, yeah. your, in your daily life. Yeah, it's a very yeah. good book. All right, so... <laughs> so now we're going to talk about why these mean to us. And I think, should we each just do both books and sure. both books? Okay. Go so, ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, for The Hobbit, again, like I said in the beginning, um, this is incredibly well-written, and it's so witty and funny. Descriptions are amazing, and the characters are amazing. And in fact, the whole uh, Middle Earth is where The Hobbit takes place, and this whole universe that Tolkien created. He actually... I think for many authors, as they're writing the story, it kind of the world gets fleshed out and they, um, the plot might take a turn that they didn't expect. Whereas for Tolkien, he literally wrote like an atlas and a like a he he yeah. made his whole world. Like he wrote a whole book about the world before he wrote the actual story. So it's incredibly detailed, um, and it's just so fun to read because you can imagine everything so well, and that's. I remember this was my mom read this book to me, um, and I think it might have been one of those where I would like go and like read ahead by myself because I just didn't want to have to wait. And it's so good. It's it was really like I wrote it, it was a huge gift to my imagination. And what I mean by that is it really um, it just there was so much that you could like you could pretend that you lived in Middle Earth. You could mm-hmm. pretend that you were on an adventure to find Smog the dragon. Like yeah. it just it but it was so it wasn't like a. Gen- it's funny because it sounds like a generic fantasy book, but it's actually where most generic fantasy books are kind of come from. For sure. Um, because it's just so incredibly well-written and detailed and just is so, just incredible. Um, and I also love that because it's older, so many people have read it. Like, my uncle was talking about, oh, yeah, I've read this. Like, I remember when I read The Hobbit for the first time. It's so good. Like, it's just really interesting because it's so many people have read it. Which I think is incredible. It's also it's another very universal one. Yeah, I think so. 
Um, and then for every day, like I said before, it's a very powerful book um, because it gives perspective on diversity and it, it it's interesting how you literally get to see someone walk in different people's shoes and say, yeah, they're just like you. So have sympathy, have empathy. Um, and it's just important to remember that we're all just people and the differences that we care so much about are just social constructs that we created. So we shouldn't care so much about them. And I don't know, I just, I, yeah, I really liked it. I, I like that there's literally every single person can associate with one of the characters because so many different people who cover just so many of the different people in the world. Um, so I just thought it was very powerful that a book managed to encapsulate this crazy, difficult thing to encapsulate. Yeah, it seems like a really special book. And the movie is incredibly well written. Actually, both of these books have movies. Um, the Hobbit is three movies. It's very good. It's very, very good. I love it. Um, and every day, the movie is very true to the book and very well written. Or made and acted and filmed. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And Sophia, why do your books mean so much to you? Uh, yeah, so both of these were books I had read a while ago, and I partially chose them for that reason. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, looking back on them and choosing all of the, the quotes was like a warm hug. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but for The Secret Garden, it, reading this book, it was essentially... I mean, I had really loved going outside and spending time outdoors before this. But after reading The Secret Garden, it was like a whole new mm -hmm. perspective on the world. And so I remember finishing it and just like going outside and I would go and play outside and um, look up at the sky and watch the sun and uh, go into the woods. I used to, <laughs> there's woods around our house and I used to go into the woods and have adventures and just walk around. Um, it. I love doing that. I would go. I would feel like I'm sort of like the Hobbit. I would feel like I'm on my own. I'm yeah. having an adventure, and it was so much fun. Um, and I mean, years after reading this book, I still love spending time outdoors. And mm -hmm. uh, nature is a huge passion of mine. Um, and a lot of times, I was thinking about this today because we just last week we were in a polar vortex of just freezing cold temperatures, and then now today it's February fourth, I think. And it feels like it's spring, and I, it's sad because it's not quite spring yet, but that feeling at the start of spring where mm -hmm. like the, the world smells different, and it's warm, and the sun is out, and it's wonderful. Um, sometimes when spring is starting, I not every year, but I will take out The Secret Garden, and I'll read it again, because over the course of The Secret Garden, spring comes, and they talk about spring is coming, and like, is it spring? Is it here? And um, I think there's one specific day where Mary wakes up and she can feel that the world is different. And like the robin is singing outside her window and the sun is shining and she runs outside and she like realizes that it's spring and it's just wonderful. And so sometimes when it's starting to be spring again, I'll pick up this, this old battered copy that I, that I have at home and I'll read it again and I'll love, I just, it's, it's such a nice feeling to read the book. And then Wonder. Wonder is, I think with Wonder, it's something that doesn't just mean a lot to me. I think almost everyone who's read Wonder loves it and realizes how incredible of a book it is. Um, I personally, I loved that it was told from many different perspectives. 
um, like it was told from August Augie's perspective, but also from his he, older sister. So Augie's the main character, yes. who's going to fifth grade for the first time. Yes, um, and uh, his older sister as well, and his friends have a couple of chapters from their perspective, um, and. I, there were two characters especially that I really related to, and so that helped with, I mean, I related to Augie as well, but to have multiple characters yeah. to, like, every time I would get to one of their parts, I'd be like, oh, this is the character that's that I feel connected to, and that was something very special. Um, and then the lessons taught in the book, like we were talking about kindness, how kindness matters, and how your actions are noted. Um, it's There were so many lessons taught by everyone from by especially the English teacher but also from the kids and how they were learning about their lives and what the, the impact of their actions had and um, the lessons that they were taught by the teachers it was just very special and the author meant this to reach I mean both young people but also the whole world yeah. and it's it was a good reminder for people who weren't in fifth grade at the time to like oh yeah my this this is important to <laughs> no, yeah but this is important to um to remember sometimes definitely it's definitely a good reminder and i it changed how i looked at the world a little bit i do try to be a better person because of what i learned from wonder yeah. it's just a very very special book i agree so I, I totally love it, and I would advise watching, reading the book first. Yes, read the book, book always read the book yes, first. Always. Um, and then I would say, I would advise reading the books because it's, or, did I just say reading the book? I'd advise watching the movies <laughs> after reading the books because, the book, because it is quite well done. Yeah. It's very sad. Yeah. Emotional. It, good. It's so emotional. But it's, it's happy. Not like sad. Yeah, it's, it's, like not a, happy. it's not a sad it's ending, like, it's but it's just really emotional. emotional. Yeah. It's such a... Ugh. So, so I think this is where we're gonna end it. It's been quite a long episode. Yeah. <laughs> but we both really were excited to talk about this, so we hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um some shout outs to our intro music, which is Inspirational Life. And our outro music. Blossoming Inspiration. So go check those out. They'll be linked in the episode description. Definitely. Um, what else? Uh, a shout out to our friend who drew our cover art. Yes. Um, you can find her on Instagram at dinobyte. That's D-I-N-O dot B-Y-T-E. And while you're there, check out our Instagram too. It's quotes dot and dot anecdotes. Yeah. And email us if you have any suggestions, any topic ideas, any comments. We'd love to hear what Questions, you think. Questions, comments, concerns. Yeah. Rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> Anyone want to sponsor us? Let us know. Um, thank you for joining us. Oh, wait. Also, um, <laughs> go read a book. Go yeah. Read a book. Go find Reading, a book you love. Tell, share it with a friend. Thank you for listening to Quotes and Anecdotes. We hope you had fun because we certainly did. Bye, my friend Sophia. Bye, my friend Bronwyn. And cut. <laughs> <laughs> Woofer.